Graham Matthews, Bleacher Report, Fan Sided, Daily DDT. My man, how you doing? Doing great, Randy. How about yourself, brother? Doing good, man. Kick a plan. We got a very special episode. Uh, before we get to our guests, you can find the podcast on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, also on Amazon Music, YouTube.com slash Cruise Control Podcast, also on TikTok, two out of three falls pod. Go ahead, download, rate, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. Show some love and support for your boys in the program. Again, special guest today. We are embarking on the 25th anniversary of Survivor Series 1998, which many people regard as one of, if not the greatest Survivor Series of all time. And we couldn't get any better guest than who we have on tonight. Mr. Vince Russo, former head writer for TNA, WCW, and the World Wrestling Federation. Vince Russo, my man, how you doing? I am all right. What's going on, gentlemen? Doing good, man. Kick a plan. Uh, we're very happy to have you on. I know you have a very busy schedule. You you do podcasting all day, every day. Uh, before we get into Survivor Series, um, how are you doing? How's your health? How's your your, your, your day-to-day life right now? Yeah, bro. Listen, it's still, you know, just like you guys, man. You know, I know one of you is in your 20s. You're 40. I'm in my <laughs> 60s. And I mean, I could tell you guys the grind just never stops, man. Mm. You just keep grinding and grinding and grinding, and you're always <laughs> grinding, bro. So I'm grinding on a daily basis, man. And I could tell, uh, you ain't got to say it, but you don't miss the business anymore like that, right? I could tell. Bro, I was never – listen, man, the, the older I get, the more and more I realize. Bro, I was, I was just never a part of that world. I, I, I really wasn't, bro. I, I was a writer – and, you know, I, I wrote for wrestling, but I always I always took it as a job, man. It, it was just a job and I wanted to do the best I could at my job. But I was just I was never of that world, bro. And to this day, I'm, I'm not of that world. Mm. Graham, want to start, start off with me? No, you can start off. All right, man. Say no more. Uh, Vince, uh, listen. You know, we do a lot of research on the show and the last week or so, you know, from every podcast that I've heard or seen or blog, uh, many people referred to Survivor Series as being your magnum opus, being your this is the top thing that Vince Russo has ever written for the company. Um, and you've been there, you know, you was there for quite a while, a lot of great moments, but the magnum opus for Survivor Series 98 and they give you a lot of credit. I've seen Bruce Pritchard on the podcast recently said it. J- uh, JR did the same thing. Conrad, they always look at this is your main thing that you, the best thing you created. Um, I'm not sure if, if you've heard about that or seen that, but now me, with me telling you that, how do you feel about this being your greatest work? Well, I, I would say it, it to me, it wasn't my greatest moment or my most rewarding moment i i will always say bro my greatest moment and my most rewarding moment and if it was the only thing i could have done it would have been fine with me was having the ability and being in a position to make booker t world heavyweight champion i mean that that without a doubt was my greatest accomplishment man because that was so bucking the system and everybody had their thumb on Booker T and keeping them down. 
And I was I, I was able to come along and give this great, great, great athlete, great man, great wrestler his due. So I think that was my most rewarding moment. Mm-hmm. As far as my greatest moment of writing, definitely the 98 Survivor Series, bro, because Ed Ferrara and myself, bro, we were planting the seeds to this you know, at least three months ahead of time. And and they were little seedlings. We knew where we were going. We were dropping hints. And man, you could tell that the story really paid off because, bro, I swear, you know, obviously I was in the building that day. And bro, I am telling you, it was a raunchous crowd. Everybody was into it. But when Rock made the turn, bro, there was complete silence. Like it literally had to take like three seconds for it to sink in. Like the people, nobody saw that coming. And bro, that, you know, again, I'm not saying this to put myself over, bro. That is good writing. And and that's what's missing today, bro. It's it's that simple. You're missing good writers uh, good writing, you're missing good producing, you're missing good characters, you're missing all the things that made the Attitude Era so wildly, you know, popular. Hmm. Go ahead. Yeah, so just talking about the show and just the style of it, I mean, Rand and I were talking before we hit record here as far as it being the first Survivor Series of up to that point, and I think Survivor Series started 87, 88 was the first inception, the first Survivor Series to not feature an elimination style tag team match of the entire show devoted to the entire tournament obviously culminating on that same show was that an idea Vince from you and Ed or whoever as far as kind of deviating from the norm because you could have done this tournament on any show any pay-per-view at that time but you guys specifically chose Survivor Series why was that and was there any like maybe not pressure but any hesitation from kind of deviating from what had been done at Survivor Series in the past no you know bro it's you know that that's the thing man it's like you know, you know, you, you, you'll always hear, you know, every, every time Eric Bischoff looks to criticize me, you'll, you'll always hear this criticism. Here's what you'll hear from Eric every time. Oh, Vince will come up with an idea, uh, but when you ask him where, where that's going to go, he'll give you the deer in the headlights look. Bro, that's because we never knew where it was going to go. Things happened organically. Bro, if you have really well-defined characters and you put them in in, in solid storylines and you stay true to those characters, bro, these shows are going to write themselves. That's what happens, bro. It is organic. It just happens. I mean, my uh, bro, can you tell me what your the, the, the next 30 days of your life are going to look like? Of course you couldn't, bro. You'll look at me with a deer in the headlights. But what, <laughs> what happens, bro? That's going to play out. Mm. And to, to get back to your question, like, you know, bro, it, it, we never really looked at it that way, man. We just kind of organically let this thing flow and wherever it went, it went. But I will tell you this, bro, you know, we, we studied the, the ratings and, and the, the, um, the, the fan base, bro, the, the viewers were definitely writing the show. 
because we would look at those week to week ratings. And, you know, if something was over, we gave you more. If something was not drawing, we took it away. So at the end of the day, we were really letting the viewers of the show drive the bus to what they wanted to see. Mm. So like for me, um, Again, doing the research, I, I came across that Vince was never Vince McMahon was never a fan of a tournament style for the world for, uh, for, for the world championship. Aside from WrestleMania four, which happened 10 years prior, uh, obviously there, there's been King of the Ring and stuff like that. But how do you and Ed convince Vince McMahon and say, all right, Survivor Series 98 is strictly tournament style. We're going to vacate the belt two months prior. And that storyline was Stone Cold, Taker, and Kane. And we're going to build this up into a tournament style for the, for the world title at Survivor Series. How do you convince him to say, you know what? That's a fucking great idea. Bro, we really didn't have to convince him of everything. Because like I said, bro, we are presenting uh, Vince McMahon with a whole show week to week to week. And, you know, bro, that's, you know, that's the thing, bro. I, 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 I'm at the point in my life, bro, I don't give a shit what people say. <laughs> I, I mean, the, the beauty of why, why it works so well were Ed and myself were writers. We handed Vince a complete show, complete show, every segment, every commercial break, every backstage vignette, A to Z. And all Vince had to do was look at that show. And, you know, if he wanted to make a tweak here or a tweak there, that's what he did. He never changed any main events or any storylines or nothing like that. He kind of worked within our script. Mm. And, bro, you got you got to remember, too, you know, this is at a point now that we're starting to get momentum and, you know, the ratings are starting to come over to our side. Bro, as long as Vince is seeing that, he's going to let us do whatever we want to do pretty much. Mm -hmm. G? The show itself, you guys did the entire tournament on that show. Nowadays, we don't really see tournaments on pay-per-views in, in general. We haven't seen a King of the Ring pay-per-view in God knows how long, over 20 years. Um, but if we have seen it since then, it's mostly either just the finals or the semifinals and the finals. You guys did the entire tournament on that show. What was the thought process with that as far as not stretching it out over Raw? And there was no SmackDown to this one. This was obviously just Raw leading into the pay-per-view. And, and was it a bigger draw in your mind to do the entire thing in one night? And that was kind of the appeal of the pay-per-view in addition to all the other stories. Yeah, bro, because you, you know, yeah, bro, because you got to remember, man, if you back up, I got, I think it was WrestleMania four four or five but they did the whole tournament in one night i was yeah. there it was one of the atlantic city shows it was, it was four it was four yeah was it four yeah, yeah and I, I thought that was absolutely tremendous so at the, the the bottom line is though we had to know we had a solid payoff you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. if, if you've got this whole tournament and then it's something predictable or somebody goes over that the people didn't want to go over but knowing what the finish was going to be and we had such a great great payoff i think it was just an easy decision to make mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so like i would assume the wrestlemania main event gets pretty much planned a year prior if I'm wrong, tell me. But I think you kind of know where you want to go for WrestleMania a year prior. When does when does the planning for Survivor Series begin? Because like I mentioned, 
you know, Stone Cold was the champion. They took the belt off him for two months. Nowadays, Vince, you know, people hate that Brock is not wrestling every every night. They hate that Roman is not there every night. They they fucking complain about everything. <laughs> Just imagine having no world champion for two months. But right. the way you guys laid it out. It was again. There's no SmackDown at, um, on this time. Uh, you're still going up against Nitro at, at the same time, but you made a convincing television and week to week to week that that the payoff was going to be grandiose. So Stone Cold champion at at a uh, or was it breakdown? He loses. There's no champion. The following month, Judgment Day, Kane and Taker one on one. There's no champion. Vince fires Stone Cold. Shane brings him back, and now the whole tournament. When does Survivor Series '98 begin to get planned out? Wow, bro. Probably that one because it was so elaborate. I would say probably about three months out. But usually, bro, back then, bro, we were working pay-per-view to pay-per-view. I mean, like you said, bro, we had a good idea of what the big main event was going to be, but it wasn't etched in stone. If something changed along the way, fine. But we literally were writing from pay-per-view to pay-per-view. This one was a little longer, bro, because we knew what we were doing with The Rock. G? Obviously, the end game of the entire show, as we've kind of alluded to up to this point, the big heel turn with Rock becoming champion, going over in the finals. Like we kind of established earlier, I was not watching back then. I was mere years old at that point. So you can uh, enlighten me here. As far as like, because you said the seeds were planted going into the pay-per-view events. Was that ever something at that point? And Randy, you can kind of explain from a fan perspective too, if you want. Mm-hmm. Was that something that fans saw coming? As far as like you know, like nowadays, if someone's coming back or something's going to happen, the dirt sheets find out about it immediately. We find out like whatever. And sometimes for some people, that spoils the moment. Sometimes though, predictability isn't always a bad thing, and it happens the way that we expect it to, and it's still a big moment. This was obviously a massive moment. Vince, for you, like on the inside, was that something that you saw? Again, the internet was such a different place 25 years ago, or like the, you know, the dirt sheets and stuff. Was that something that you saw fans kind of knew ahead of time? And were you just going to go ahead and execute it the way that you were going to do, regardless? Because it was going to be a big moment. That was what you already had your mindset on. Bro, they did not know it all. They, they, <laughs> they did not ha- know it all. And they did not have a clue. And again, bro, a lot of that comes down to the writing. I remember, bro, like this This tells you like how, how much people were buying into it at that point, bro. I'll never forget. It was the Raw before the Survivor Series, mm-hmm. okay? And we already knew, like, bro, when you go back and look, Rock was in cahoots with Vince for a couple of months, but nobody knew it, right? So, bro, we get down to that Monday Night Raw before the Survivor Series, and we need to do something big to really, if if anybody thinks this is going to happen, really throw them off course. So I'll never forget, bro, me and Ed are writing the show, and we we write down that Rock gives Vince the people's elbow. Now, bro, you got to understand the people's elbow at that point, bro, that was built up to like literally rock taking out a shotgun and shooting somebody (laughs) in the head. So I remember we come up with, okay, rock is going to give Vince the people elbow, the people's elbow, like six, six days before Survivor Series. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, I don't don't know what the people's elbow. I don't know. And Ed just looked at me and he said, Vince. It's an elbow. 
And but what, but like in my own mind, what we built the people's elbow up to be, yeah. like like literally Austin. I, I mean, Rock, Rock might as well have just shot Vince in the head. But at the end of the day, all he was doing was dropping an elbow on Vince, which was nothing. So that that was like the last straw to really throw people off mm-hmm. base. You know, Rock giving Vince the elbow, which everybody thought, oh, my God, he dropped the people's elbow on Vince. And then, of course, you know, six days later, we have the big swerve. Okay. So you're saying when you do that spot on Raw right beforehand, it kind of makes sense in storyline that he would do that because it's it's an elbow. It doesn't make – it's not that big of a deal. We're so fans. Okay. So if it's something else where if he completely destroys him and beats the shit out of him, it might not be But it was an elbow. And, of course, Vince sold it like he'd been shot. (laughs) But at the end of the day, Rock dropped an elbow on him. That's all it was. You know? Yeah. Is there anyone saying or asking themselves, you know what? The Survivor Series last year, the prior, you're coming off Montreal school job, Brett, Sean, and that whole debacle. Is anybody in the room saying, listen, people people will always remember that Survivor Series for that moment. We got to do something that makes people remember this Survivor Series. No, not at all, bro. Okay. Not like, but but by that time, bro. To be honest with you, we weren't thinking about what happened a year ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, we just, bro. Listen, man. He, here's my disappointment in today's product, and here's why I am so down on it, bro. Whether it was a whether it was a raw, whether it was a Sunday night heat, whether it was a pay per view, no matter what it was. Bro, we just wanted it to be the best that it could be. And we we wanted this month to be better than last month. And then and then next month's got to be better than the month before. Like we were just constantly in a game of topping ourselves and topping ourselves and just wanting the show to be the absolute best it could be, regardless if it were a pay-per-view or a heat or regardless, bro. And that's my frustration today because I'm looking at that show and I'm like, bro, can, can you guys phone in this show anymore? Like, mm. like they they literally are sleepwalking through this show where any anybody can write this show, bro. There's there's zero craftsmanship, there's zero thought, and that's that's where my real disappointment lies today. Mm. Before G chimes in, I I, I want to paint the picture because you you lived it, you was in it, G, you know, and me as a fan. You, what, 14, 15 years old watching this shit. For me, 1998 is one of the bigger years in pro wrestling because, and and, and going to Survivor Series because I think Survivor Series, it just spawns off a lot of different things that you will see on TV for weeks and months, even years to come. So, and I, and I, I, I remind you, so Survivor Series, you spawn off The Rock becoming this big megastar, being the, 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 the youngest world champion. You also get, I mean, you bring in Shane McMahon as a, as an on TV character for the first time. Later, Stephanie gets involved. Uh, you build this this fantastic rivalry between The Rock and Mankind. Now, Mankind is now more of a household name. Um, uh, fucking uh, the corporation gets 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 built between uh, The Rock and and Vince. So, um, and obviously Stone Cold keeps climbing and climbing. Um, is is Survivor Series pretty much the genesis of? many different storylines and rivalries becoming that people now can see on TV from now on. I think so, bro. But like I said, man, again, of it, uh, again, a lot of it just happens organically, bro. 
You got it. You just go with it, man. Listen to the people have absolute faith and confidence in your talent and Mm. bro, just roll with it, man. And don't, you know, bro, we weren't giving people scripted promos and you gotta, you gotta absolutely positively say this, bro. Every, every talent I worked with, bro, it it was like one-on-one, bro. They, they were part of the equation. They were part of everything that they did. They would have, you know, the whole weekend to think about the show and look at the show. They, they were prepared for the show. It was really, bro, honestly, a, a team effort, man. Not like it is today. Mm. G. Yeah, going back to like the Montreal screw job. First of all, I completely had forgot when you kind of put that in perspective, Randy, as far as that being the year prior, which um, reminded me of the finish for the main event here with Rock and Mankind, Rock winning in Montreal screw job fashion, mm-hmm. essentially with Shane running the bell, never taps up, blah, blah, blah. For you, Vince, you mentioned that the plan for Rock to go over that whole heel turn almost three months in advance. The idea to do it that way with Shane ringing the bell, again, in Montreal screw job esque fashion, we've seen that a million times since then, but it was obviously fresh at the time because it was only a year later. When did that come into the equation? Was that something you also had in the back of your mind three months earlier, you think? Or was that more of like a last minute thing like, oh, it might be a good idea if we do this because this would get great heat? Yeah, bro. That was the one thing about me, bro, is I I hated to write something that everybody saw before, man. Mm-hmm. I, I hate that. I, I'd rather try something totally new and it fall flat than to just keep repeating the same things over. And and I think you're getting that today. I can't believe, bro, wrestlers are still going out there today and you know, you got the old, oh yeah, you want to wrestle me? Well, we're going to do it on my time. <laughs> you know, you, you're getting that stuff and, you know, even, even I, I don't even remember what it was, but even, uh, you know, even, you know, Bianca Belair, you know, it had some kind of a coward line or it's, it's just stuff that you've seen over and over before. And I swear to God, when I used to sit there and write with Ed, and we would start going down a road. We would stop ourselves and say, no, that's been done before. Mm-hmm. We, we've seen that before. We got to figure out a different way to do it. And we, we were always trying to figure out new ways to do stuff. So if, if you can go back and change it and had the rocker over be the heel, but not put mankind in a sharpshooter, how would people lead that night seeing the rock be mankind? Bro, you got to refresh my memory. <laughs> like, <laughs> lay out to me exactly what happened because I don't, I don't remember. The Rock had Mankind on 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 the mat. He looks at Vince, raised the eyebrow. Vince is like this on the on the on the on, on the outside. He puts Mankind a sharpshooter. As soon as he turns, Vince go to the timekeeper, ring the bell, ring the bell. The bell is rung, and people think Mankind tapped out. And the song is playing. You have Vince and Shane in the ring. Brace for a hug. Everybody hugs. Crowd's going crazy. So that's what I'm saying. If you could do it all, if you can go back and change how The Rock won the match, how would you have him win the match? I wouldn't go back and change anything, bro. <laughs> like li- literally, man. Every everything I did, no matter where I worked, and in that moment, I thought it, I thought it was the best thing possible. Mm-hmm. And like I said, bro, this isn't like 
it, it was so much different back then because we were agonizing over these shows, bro. I'm, I was thinking about these shows when I'm in the shower, when I'm in the car, when I'm taking a crap. Yeah. All, all I was thinking about were like these shows. So like, seriously, man, listen, man, I've made mistakes. I mean, bro, mm -hmm. when you're doing, bro, think about this. You're, you're doing, you know, you're doing a show a week, you know, so between heat and Monday and Monday Night Raw and then later SmackDown and then the pay-per-views, Bro, you're doing 116. You're doing 116 shows a year. Like, not everything is going to be great, bro. But I I'm going to put my best foot forward. I'm going to put out there what I think is the best idea. But my God, bro, when you're writing that much content, it's it's pretty much impossible to get it right all the time. So before G goes. You you turn Rock heel, right? Three months prior, he's coming off a heel run at SummerSlam at the Garden, and now the crowd is starting to cheer him. Now you, you you're turning him to a good guy, and just like that, he's back to a heel. So now when you tell the Rock, listen, all right, you had, you had your little run as, as a good guy, we're gonna turn you back. Is he like, damn, like I I'm, I'm a good guy now, but more like bring it on because I feel more comfortable as a heel. Not, not at all, bro. He was he was one hundred percent. He was one hundred percent with with going in that direction. Uh -huh. Here was the problem, bro. Because and, and Vince always had a he always had a problem of doing this. And I remember sitting in the office the day after Rock won that won the belt, and it's me, Vince, and the Rock. Okay. Bro, you you know this, bro. If you've been a fan for a long time, when uh -huh. Vince turns somebody from babyface to heel, all of a sudden their whole persona changes. All <laughs> of a sudden they're they're a completely different, and that's what he wanted to do with the Rock. And I remember Rock sitting there. No, Vince, I I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't say that. And bro, I remember he kept like looking over at me because, bro, I'll, I'll never forget, bro. He is a perfect example. You can you could flash back to 1995 when you've got this big monster of a heel, Diesel, winning the WWE title, WWF title, and the first thing Vince wants to do is, oh, bro, he's a babyface now, so we're going to put him on the WWF magazine with a big smiling face on. Meanwhile, Diesel had never smiled in his life. Mm. So that was the thing. Like, Rock was 100% cool with the story, but when Rock saw Vince, you know, wanting to now, now Rock's going to be an all-out heel and – Rock's like, no, bro, that's that's not how I would act. You know, I got to stay true to my character. It's the people that are going to turn you heel and babyface, bro, not you. It's mm. the people that are going to do it. Yeah. G? I think part of what makes it so great, too, is not just the role that Rock plays in it, but Mankind, too. I mean, the guy is the oh, perfect God, foil yeah. for Rock. I mean, obviously, he's a legend in his own right, but like throughout the show, the segments and the interactions he has with the McMahons and everyone else is just so great. And already at that point, he's a heel. But then when you, it's essentially a double turn with mankind becoming this great baby face, obviously, of course, from there going on mm. and the feud with the rock, kind of the interim feud before you guys get to rock and stone cold, the mania that much was evident. They traded the title back and forth a bunch going into this show though, when you execute that moment with the rock and obviously it was all in with the rock as the top heel. Was there ever any idea, Vince, to make mankind make him bigger than he was 
as a babyface and kind of have any long-term plans for him? Or was it just that interim feud with The Rock, starting with this show, kind of doing the title back and forth, and then what happens from there? What happens from there, I guess? Bro, here's the bottom line. This is the one term that I hate more than anything else, man. Bro, there is no such thing as push. You know, no, no, nobody gets the push. The push is BS. Bro, here's how I work, man. JR was talent relations. He was the general manager of the team. So JR put the team together. Once the team is put together, JR now hands the roster off to me and says, Vince, here's the team. At that point, bro, it is my duty, responsibility, obligation to get every single person on that roster over to the best of my ability to assist them. I don't care if you're opening match, bro. I don't care if you're a female wrestler. I don't care if you're the main event. You worked hard to get on this team. You earned your spot to get on this team. So now it is up to me to give you as, as much assistance as I possibly can. And that's the thing, bro. There, there, there was, there was never a plan of how huge rock was going to get. Mm -hmm. There was never a plan of, Oh man, now all this sympathy is going to fall on, on Mick. Those things were never planned. But like I said, man, when you have, you know, strong characters who stay true to who they are, that's just going to all happen organically, bro. That's the beauty of it. Mm. Bro, you guys know, like, are you guys fans of, uh, uh, everybody loves Raymond. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, of course. Okay, bro. You know, okay, you know Robert. Rob, Robert, the brother who was the cop. Mm -hmm. okay. okay, bro. When you look at the early episodes of Raymond, bro, he basically he Robert Barone basically didn't speak at all. <laughs> but what happened was organically the the character started getting over. And then, you know, when you when you see that character through all nine seasons from season one to two, you see the growth of the character. That's because he's organically getting over. And as they're organically getting over, you just give them more and more and more and more. I mean, that's that's the way it should work. And I mean, Vince, for the record, I know The Rock has been. You know, the 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 goody two shoe rock at ninety six uh, debut Survivor Series the Garden. He's been the nation the rock. He's been uh you know Hollywood rock. I think for me, my favorite rock is the corporation rock because he just again, that's what the 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 phrases and the slang and the smackdown, know your role and I think he just became a more complete character because I Listen, I like uh, Rock as a good guy and as a bad guy, but I think with, with the corporation, with Vince and Shane and those guys behind them, and you're building to him against Stone Cold at, at WrestleMania 15, you know, even like you said, the outfits, you know, like just, just like, a, like a Ric Flair kind of outfit, no shirt underneath, real Miami-ish, Razor Ramon kind of vibe. For me, that's my favorite version of The Rock. And, bro, he used to tell me before every TV, bro, those were $100 shirts. <laughs> <laughs> and he would, he bro, he would only wear them one time. He would only wear them. He would never wear the same shirt twice, bro. Mm. Bro, that's how stars are made. You can you can wear a hundred dollar shirts, or you can you can duct tape duct tape KO on your shirt. Let, <laughs> let let's see who's gonna get over more, bro. That's mm. how stars are made, bro. Investing in your character. 
So, and then I, I assume from that night, you guys knew, and it's, again, this this, this no, uh, November, you knew five months ahead of time, we're going with Rock and Austin at WrestleMania 15, even though they had a fucking one-on-one match the year prior for the IC title, and they had a little interaction at the at the, the, the 98 Rumble, but you knew from then, we're going Rock and Austin at 15, right? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Mm. All right, G? Yeah, no, wasn't that Randy? You just rewatched the recently. Didn't they close the show? Didn't Rand- uh, Randy? Didn't uh, Rock and Stone Cold close the show with like a face off or something? Or am I making that up? I could have what sworn show? that Survivor Series didn't Stone Cold come out and was that like he was pissed uh, at Rock turning heel or yeah because Austin came back he he stunned mankind he stunned the Rock and everything so yeah okay. So yeah, it was it was it was evident even from watching that show that there were a lot of different directions that you were going to get Rock and Mankind in the meantime, but you were ultimately getting Rock and Stone Cold in the long term. That's the power of telling multiple stories at once. But going back to what you were saying before, Vince, as far as like kind of getting people over, I feel like nowadays, and obviously the business is different in, in some ways, but nowadays I feel like what people think to get other people over or, you know, whatever is just a string of wins, having them go undefeated, whatever, which might work for some people. But watching Raw nowadays, the roster is amazing, but some people can win 10 matches in a row and they're no more over now than they were 10 weeks ago. What do you right. think? Like, if you look at this show, if you go back and watch this show, if you look at all the tournament matches, like, I don't think there's one barn burner on the show, but there doesn't need to be. Like, every yeah. everyone on the show is over. Like, that, I think that's one, yeah. of the, one of those periods in wrestling, in WWE specifically, where everyone on the show, doesn't matter if where they were on the card, like you said earlier, was over. What do you think, what lessons, I mean, you kind of talked about this already, but what lessons from like this show and just that period when you were at the helm, Vince, do you think they can apply today as far, is it just like more vignettes? Is it mic time freedom? Yeah, bro, you are not, I could tell you right now, bro. I could tell you right now. I And 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 even if I was writing out, I could tell you right now, bro, you're not going to get people over on matches alone. Sure. It is impossible, bro, because first of all, you've got a mass audience out there that doesn't care about wrestling matches, bro. They know the matches are predetermined. They don't care who wins, bro. Mm. So you're never, ever going to get anybody over based on their wrestling ability, bro. I don't know if that company got lazy. I don't know if they don't know how to do it. But yeah, bro, the the vignettes is what's missing. Because when you do those vignettes, bro, especially outside of the arena, that is when characters and personalities are being built, bro. That is when you're seeing a completely different side of a talent, bro. And that does not happen anymore. That whole show based is that whole show is based on wrestling matches and we're going to have a match because I want to prove that I'm better than you, bro. It's like I I describe wrestling today is like every Monday night, you know, we show up at this arena to wrestle, but like the whole rest of the world doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and, and it's, it's, it's like, you know, bro, you got wrestlers on a show playing wrestlers, bro. I'll never forget, man, you know, because, you know, I, 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 you know, with, with Sean Morley, I created Val Venus, 
Bro, I'll never forget the pop he got the first time he walked out the curtain because of all those vignettes we did when he was on the sets of all his movies. When he came out, the people went nuts. Bro, every week they're bringing NXT people on this show. I don't know who these people are. I never saw these people in my life. They look like regular people to me. They don't look like, why am I supposed to care about these people? And that's what's really missing, bro. The the personal connection with the talent. Uh-huh. And listen, I agree because, you know, growing up, even when they had Mankind debut, they, they had the vignettes of, vignettes of him in, in, in the sewer area with the rats. And I'm like, I'm like, who the fuck is this Mankind guy? And then I did my research. Oh, he's really Cactus Jack. I'm like, oh, okay, but now... Whether I liked him or not, once he got on TV, you kind of paid more attention to him. Like, oh, that's a guy with the rats. Like, oh, okay, that's man. Kind of like now, as you fast forward, he's feuding with Undertaker and everything. But like Vince said, and I've, I've been telling Graham this for the longest. He knows me. Like, for me, it's not about the wrestling. That's going to come later. But you got to have me as a fan be emotionally invested in the match, in the program, in the rivalry. I don't see the, that much rivalries nowadays compared to your era, even like the ever behind it. But it just, for me as a fan, like I watch it, I'm, I'm, I will always be a fan, but now it's like, if I don't like you, I'm, I'm going to change the channel. There's so much yeah. things on TV right now. I could watch basketball, football, whatever. But if you have uh, a nice five, 10 minute beginning of like people in the ring, do a little promo. Great. After that, this match comes on. I'm going to change it. That, 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 that just me nowadays. Uh, bro, I, I think that's everybody nowadays, bro. I don't just think that's you because the numbers tell us this. And bro, it's it's you, you bring up a great point, you know, mankind. And and when you want to find mankind, where is he? He's in the boiler room. <laughs> I mean, but, but, but that's what I'm talking about, bro. Yeah. And when you just when you just have match after match after match with great workers, bro, for, bro, here's the problem when a show lacks creative. And this is what's happening now. Bro, you could tell a million stories. I mean, bro, to this day, they were making black and white silent movies in the 1800s. Here we are in 2023. They're still making movies. Okay, Mm -hmm. so when it comes to the creative end of wrestling, there is no end. You can keep creating new characters and new storylines on and on and on. But, bro, what do you do when you take all that away and now all you're you're relying on is wrestling, okay, and long wrestling matches? Bro, there's only too much. There's only so much you could do in the ring. So what happens, bro? We keep lifting the bar and lifting the bar and lifting the bar and more and more people get hurt, bro. Every single week, people are getting hurt because you got to keep lifting the bar because they've seen everything before. That's why you need stories and characters. Mm. And I think even even during this time, um, I know we get a lot of our our matches, you know, 45 minute matches nowadays. I think the longest match I've seen in this time frame was the Iron Man match at WrestleMania 12. Besides that, I ain't seen no 30 plus 45 minute plus matches. Bro, when during the Attitude Era, not one match went through a commercial break. Not one, bro. Mm. Because the attention span, bro, you, bro, you, you get seven, eight minutes to a match is plenty of time, bro. Mm. I, 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 last night, bro, I swear, I'm, 
I got to watch Raw, bro, because, um, you know, I do some work for Sports Kita. And it's, uh, you know, the show The show is 6 to 9 here. And it's 8.30. And they're starting the main event in the ring. And I'm like, I, I, got, a, I got a 15 to 15 Monday night football game. Why am I going to sit here and watch this for 30? All I really care about is the finish. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to sit here and I'm going to watch this for 30 minutes to see fake wrestling moves. Like who, like who's going to do that? So I did what you did, bro. I put on the football game mm-hmm. and then at about 8.55, I came back to wrestling <laughs> and, and I, I missed absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's accurate. Listen, I watched the whole match. I enjoyed the match, but the best part was the finish. So, but kind of relating it back to that, I I will, I'll show some positivity here. I do think one thing they've done right recently, at least WWE, AEW to an extent as well, is that Drew McIntyre thing. And feel free to disagree with me, Vince, but as far as like the storytelling, I think they've done with that. Not, I'm not saying it's the same thing at all, but similar to The Rock where they've been planting the seeds and giving you a reason for why he might be turning heel the past two months as opposed to him being a babyface one moment and a heel the next, which also works. But I feel like with him, they've told the story there and it's not like he, it's getting him. He was already over, obviously. They're not making a new start of Drew fucking McIntyre. But um, is there stuff like that that you see today from keeping up with the products, whether it be that thing or... You know, an AEW, I think what they're doing right now with MJF having like a million people after him, I think is interesting because um, they don't have many stories. I mean, they do, but it depends on the day, I guess. It depends on the week. I think what they're doing with him is cool. What have you seen recently? Not that relates back to Survivor Series 98 exactly, but gives you some hope that it's like, all right, this is what I would like to see more of as far as what you're talking about. See, bro, that's the thing. Like, I always see the hope spots but they never pay them off. Okay. And that's why like I'm 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 always left disappointed to the point that I have zero confidence in them. Like I bro, I like Drew. I like the Drew thing. I like that he can't get over that these guys screwed him out of his title. I like that. But again, I always ask myself the question, okay, bro, where is this going to go? Mm -hmm. Because to keep that story going, bro, from week to week to week, and for it to be interesting, you need writers, bro. And I don't care how many championship belts Triple H has won. That doesn't qualify him as a television writer, bro. He's Uh a great wrestler. A writing television is a craft. So, bro, that's the problem. You see this with Drew. You see the potential. But, bro, they need writers to keep it going for weeks and weeks and weeks. Bro, that was the downfall of Bray Wyatt. The downfall of Bray, bro, was the fact that this guy had such a brilliant mind, but the writers could not write up to his level. Mm -hmm. So mm-hmm. what did they do, bro? They kept pulling him down to their level. Yep. And all of a sudden, Bray Wyatt is just another guy on the card when yeah. Bray Wyatt should have been the second the second coming of The Undertaker because mm-hmm. he was brilliant. So that's that's the thing, bro. Like I said, man, I, 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 I like the whole idea of it. 
But man, you've got to have writers who can. Ca- Why do you think Austin was always driving beer trucks and jumping on zambonis, throwing a throwing a belt, you know, over the bridge, filling a cor a Corvette up with 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 cement? You got to keep feeding these guys good material, otherwise. They're just going to be another wrestler on the card. Bro, I mean, perfect example. They had Sami Zayn with all that bloodline stuff and this, that, and the use and this, that. Where where is he now? He's another guy in the middle of the card now, bro, because they, they didn't have enough to sustain that character. And like I said, bro, you're not going to sustain that character through wrestling matches alone. That, that's not enough, bro. You've got to build this character. You got to make us care about this character. We've got to know more about him. The fact that he has a great match every week—that's not going to get a guy over. Listen, I, I I expect those were some expensive Monday nights events with the Corvette and the Zambonis and the absolutely, <laughs> absolutely was bro. D- DX invading WCW, wow, bro, that's that's what got those guys over. Not the not the matches the New Age Outlaws had. <laughs> um, matter of fact, real quick sidebar, I, I'll get back to Survivor Series. Are you a fan of? I know you were there. Are you a fan of? Um, and I can't. I think I know your answer. Are you more fan of DX one with Rude, China, Hunter, and Sean, or DX two with the Outlaws, Hunter, China, and uh, X Pac? I, 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 you know, bro, I'm always a fan of the original. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, I thought DX two was absolutely great, but I, I, I just, you know, the, when it was just Hunter, China, and Sean, I, I mean, I, I felt that was pretty solid too. But people do forget about Rick Rude in that situation, though. They really forget about him. I know he didn't wrestle and all that, but he was he was there. <laughs> yeah, bro. I just I kind of man. I I never looked at Rick Rude as a member of DX. You know, like mm-hmm. may, may, maybe an advisor or yeah. something. I just I never looked at him as a member because he never got into the antics that they did. Yeah. Uh one guy I didn't mention earlier, uh, Shane McMahon. I think he played a vital part the most important role of this of this uh pay-per-view and going back and hearing bruce pitcher's podcast about you know you either you may not know this but there was like all right so graham so bruce is saying that it was supposed to be a certain finish it it, it got messed up during um the stone cold mankind match uh obviously shane was shane came in as the other referee he does a one two does a fuck you to stone cold yeah that show with the turn. Stone Cold goes to attack Shane. Shane leaves the ring, but what was supposed to happen was Big Boss Man was supposed to hit Stone Cold. It never happened. And Bruce is saying, I thought Boss Man was out there. He was never out there. He's preparing for the for the fucking um taker match. So they called the audible live in the ring. So Briscoe had to hit Stone Cold with the chair, and it wasn't that hard. It was a little whatever. Stone Cold loses. Um, but 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 Vince, Shane, you 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 adding him. Now being as an on TV character, and obviously Stephanie later on, what, um, whose idea was that to get the kids on 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 TV? Yeah, that 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 was my idea, bro. And I'll I'll never forget that first promo Shane cut mm-hmm. because, bro, him and I like went through that the day of like just so many times, and he hit it out of the park, bro. Listen, man, you know. Like, bro, you, you just know, you know, I, I obviously I worked with Vince and, you know, Shane, bro, 
it's in their blood, bro. Like you, you just knew it was in their blood. And uh, that's why I didn't hesitate at all about making Stephanie and Shane part of the show because you, you just knew it was in them, you know? Mm -hmm. G. Yeah. I mean, I guess just as we wind down here, Vince, looking back at this pay-per-view, well, what do you think is like the top, not top takeaway, but like the legacy this show leaves behind as being so widely regarded. And it's funny too, because you can go back to the show and there's so many pay-per-views that people look back fondly on for any one match or any one moment, but it's really, honestly, I don't think you can watch or appreciate this show without watching the whole thing. I mean, you can't just watch the main event and say, oh, I mean, that was a cool swerve. You really got to watch the whole thing and the intertwining storylines and everything else going on throughout the three hours. It, I mean, we don't we don't see that definitely on pay-per-view nowadays. You have subjected matches. This happened, this happened, this happened, sometimes an occasional segment, but there, it's never an interweaving story. Do you think that's the legacy the show leaves behind 25 years later? I, I you know, bro, I, I think so because, bro, my, my problem is, I, I think back during this time, wrestlers weren't acting like wrestlers. They're acting like people. Mm -hmm. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? They're, they're, do they're doing people things that people do. Mm -hmm. And, bro, that's what the audience can relate to. I, I've said, bro, I've been saying this since for 50 freaking years. Bro, the only ones that act like professional wrestlers are professional wrestlers. Like the, the, those are the only ones like, bro, it's, it's like, you know, like I'm, 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 I'm looking at that ending scene of last night's raw. Okay. So McIntyre lays out Jey Uso, the, the heels go first of all, bro. Like, first of all, I, I don't know, bro. I'm really starting to believe that. Triple H does not know as much as I thought he knew. Because, bro, first of all, off the bat, you had Cody Rhodes, the top baby face of the company, guaranteeing a victory in that tag team match. Bro, you never have a baby face guarantee a victory when they know they're going to lose because now their fan base and the audience loses confidence in them. Mm -hmm. You you never Bret Hart taught me that. Bro, go back and look at every Bret Hart homo, Bret, Bret Hart promo when Bret was going to win the match. He would say he was going to win the match when Bret knew he wasn't going over. He would never say he was going to win. And Brett said to me, Vince, as a baby face, if you tell the audience you're going to get over, you're going, you're, you're going to win and then you lose. Now you've lied to them. Mm -hmm. Now, now they're going to lose trust in you. Now they're going to lose confidence. This guy guaranteed victory and then, and then they lost the match. I, you don't do that in wrestling, yeah. bro. Then this is what I mean about, you know, this is what I mean about, you know, acting like wrestlers and not people. So now, you know, Cody and Jay get screwed out of the, of, of the title. Okay. Drew walks to the back. Drew's standing there on the on top of the stage. And what's, what's Cody doing? He's holding Jay and he's making mean faces at Drew. You wouldn't do that, bro. <laughs> You would head up that ramp and get a piece. These, these are the things, yeah. bro. We were very meticulous with these things during the attitude era. That Austin would have never done that, bro. Mm, and bro, right. if 
if if Austin got screwed at the very end of the show, bro, he's sitting in the parking lot in a chair waiting for you to show up. That that stuff doesn't exist anymore. They're not acting like like normal people would act. And that's why the casual fans are like, ah, bro, screw this phony mm. crap. You know what I mean? Yeah. I call it the wrestling bubble, bro. You got to yeah. wake up, man. You got to join us here in 2023, man. It's funny you mentioned Brett, uh, sidebar from Survivor Series, but, I, I, you know, Brett, if, if you ask me who's in my top five, I will say Bret Hart. Uh, for, Again, for me, I loved him as a heel. I love him being the great. American, the, the whole great. Canadian bit. One of my favorite times uh, of the whole Attitude Era. Um, what was it like f- for you to write for Brett in that era? And like just knowing that when he goes outside outside of our country, he'll be he'll be cheered. When he comes back in here, he'll be booed. Like how how was that dynamic? Organic. You don't change him. You don't change him at all, bro. You let Brett be Brett. Bro, I swear to God, I I I had so much respect for that guy because, bro, at the end of the day, when you hear about, you know, Brett thought he was a Canadian hero and all that. Yeah, bro, that's how he wanted to be looked at. And that's how I looked at him. Why? Because that's how he carried himself, bro. That's that's what he wanted you to think and believe. And that's how he carried himself. And bro, the beauty, the beautiful thing is whether he was in Canada or the States, it was the same character. Bro, I say this all the time because I get criticized. I got criticized a lot in my day about shades of gray and I didn't have clear-cut baby faces and heels. Bro, I don't care if you're a baby face or a heel or you're a shade of gray. All I care about is the fans are reacting to you. Yeah. I don't care if they boo or cheer you as long as they are reacting to you, as long as they care about you. Mm. G, is there anyone from the current landscape of wrestling WWE otherwise that is either currently you think again it's hard for anyone to kind of break through that with the system being what it is today it just it is what it is maybe it'll change maybe it won't like like you said you lack confidence I don't mm-hmm. blame you is there anyone from the current roster that you see Vince that has that potential to kind of break through I'm not saying the next Stone Cold but someone that kind of has those not, those makings bro they 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 had they they have guys there first of all like what I, I, it, it's such a sad story the level that Bray Wyatt should have been at. Oh, like, yeah. it, it's, sure. it's such, it's such a sad, sad story. But then bro, I look at people like, you don't know what to do with a Dexter Loomis. That guy is so talented and so committed to that character. Mm. But bro, when you don't give him any material, like what, what is he supposed to do? Bro. Another guy that had charisma out the yin yang for Elias. A lot. This guy was full of you. You don't know what to do with that guy. That's the problem, bro. There are people in that company and there are people in that company that have been let go that have so much charisma and the it factor. Bro, look look at what they've done to Bianca Belair. You, you, bro, you're talking about a blue chip athlete. You're talking about a Serena Williams here, bro. Over time. She's just another wrestler on the card. 
And that that's because, bro, there is just a lack of good writing for these people. Mm -hmm. So real quick, is, um, if someone asks you, give me one male, one female right now, AEW, uh, whatever, that they give you the pen and paper right now and say, I would love to write for him. I would love to write for her. Who would those people be? Well, I, I, I would love to write for Drew where he is right now because I know they're going to F it up. <laughs> there, 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 there's no question in my mind. And this could be this could be really good about a man on his own island. Yeah. He's got no friends. He's got no. I mean, this could be really, really, really good. So right now, that's the guy I'd want to write for. As far as the uh, man, as far as the females, bro, for, I, I'll tell I'll tell you who the most talented woman on 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 both rosters are. Without a shadow of a doubt, Chelsea Green is the most talented female wrestler that they have. Without a shadow of a doubt, I, bro, I hadn't watched SmackDown in a while, and I just watched it last week. I, I, I just don't know how somebody like a Bailey, who has been there for like eight years or or whatever it's been, bro, she's been this. She's been this the whole time. She's been like, like stagnant. Come on, bro. When, when you're there that long, you've really got to hone your craft and know how to cut a pro. Did you guys watch SmackDown last week? No. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, bro. They, they started that what chant with her. She, she's, she's eight years in the WWE. She didn't even know how to handle that. She got so flustered when the people, bro, come on, man. You, 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 you've got to know what to do in those situations. I think, I think the, the two, the two greatest performers on these shows, I'll tell you right now, Chelsea Green and Kaiser. Those are the two most entertaining character. They're, they're always in character. Mm -hmm. Everybody else, bro, is basically a wrestler in tights. So I know I know I know you're 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 an old school guy, Vince. Um, they had Gunther break Honky Tonk's uh, Intercontinental Championship record for what over 400, 500 days. Uh, I think they're planning to have Roman break some sort of Hulk Hogan record for the world title. Um, are you are you like a fan of that? Are you, are you, hey, I mean, listen, all records are meant to be broken. Are you okay with those old school records being taken down? I'm okay with that, bro. But it's like this is what you're relying on now to get people over, like Record. like serious. Yeah, that, that's what I mean, bro. And and like here's the thing, my God, bro. How many times I like Gunther? I actually worked with that guy over at Germany, like before he became big time. But bro, how many fifty fifty matches did we see Gunther in that I was watching? I'm like, you're going fifty fifty with Chad Gable. That that's how they're booking this guy. That's what I mean, bro. That's what kills them. You know what I mean? I don't care who Gunther is in the ring with, bro. You want to get him over. It, it's it's 90, 10, 80, 20. He can't be going 50 50 with anybody on the roster. Right. G. Yeah, no, I just think it's interesting as far as with someone like him. Do you think there comes a certain point? Because I know obviously that worked with Goldberg and he became a massive sensation back in the day. But do you think Nowadays, does that work to a certain point where if you have someone in there squashing people for so long, just with the attention span that fans have, they just get sick of it and there comes a point where they have to start transitioning to more competitive matches depending on the opponent or they should just be going in there someone like a Gunter, as you mentioned, 
just going there and just killing everyone for, you know, for years on end. Bro, my my thing is if if wrestler A looks like they should be killing wrestler B, then they should kill wrestler B. I, I mean, if Gunther is in the ring with Johnny Gargano, that match should last about a minute. And and and, and that's that's what I go by, bro. To me, till somebody comes along that's better than Roman, keep that belt on forever. And and I'll tell you what, bro, the person better than him is not there. It's not Cody Rhodes, bro. They're going to put that belt on Cody Rhodes and nobody's going to care. And and that that's always been my thing, bro. If you're wearing the belt and you're like a Brock Lesnar or an Austin or a Taker and there isn't somebody better than you that looks like they should have it, keep it on them forever. Is, are you saying that because it's a year later or you think Cody, Cody should have won last year? Bro, I'll never buy Cody beating Roman Reigns like to 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 begin with. Okay, uh -huh. but if if they were going to do it, bro, it probably should have been last time because because now now you know it's coming. Yeah, now we're going to go around the horn, and that that's what they're doing now, bro. What what they're trying to do to get there is they're trying to find opponents for for Reigns. Okay, he'll he'll and what happens, bro? The the guy, whether it's Jey Uso, whether it's La Knight. They work them up to do the job for Roman. And then once they do the job with Roman, we're with Grayson Waller. <laughs> like that, that's what I mean, bro. Yeah, bro, yeah, you, yeah. LA Knight get, gets the shot with Reigns. He loses to Reigns. The next week he's he's in there against Grayson Waller. Mm -hmm. That's how you get somebody over. Why did and bro, like like here's a question because I didn't watch the Saudi show, but he got screwed by Jimmy Uso, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah. then why wasn't he going after Jimmy Uso on SmackDown? I think well, I know he's facing him on Friday. He addressed him in a promo, but realistically, should he have gone after him on that show? Yes, he did. He just yeah. he, he just talked about him, but he didn't go out backstage and beat the shit out of him. I see that's the yeah. difference with him and and anybody else and in Austin. Mm -hmm. If Austin is 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 screwed on a pay-per-view, bro, he ain't freaking sleeping <laughs> till he gets his hands on you. Yeah. And and that hurts LA Knight, bro. The guy freaking screwed you out of the heavyweight title. You you it, it should be the old the show starts, he's sitting in 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 the in the still of the night in in a chair waiting for that guy to show up. And bro, let me make one thing perfectly, you know, Mm -hmm. understand this this ain't la Knight's fault la Knight ain't right in the show mm -hmm. okay bro la Knight is doing what they're telling him to do but bro this guy just screwed you out of the world title yeah. that should be the first thing he, th that that smackdown should open with him tearing the backstage area apart until he finds jimmy uso but no he's he's beating grayson waller yeah and I know recently The Rock was on Pat McAfee's show saying, you know, he kind of little get a little little tidbit about WrestleMania 40, and you know we could have had a match I think at WrestleMania 38 with with Roman or whatever, and, and it, it didn't happen. And again, everybody was like panicking. Oh, I know, I know it'll be Cody at 40, but any chance it could be The Rock? And would you rather would you prefer it, The Rock to get the Roman Reigns match and not Cody Rhodes? 
Uh, God, I think the casual fan base, definitely. I, I mean, Mike, come on, bro. If you, if you get The Rock to have that match, you're going to quadruple the people that are going to watch that match. Mm. I'll tell you what, though, bro. I, I, don't, I don't think 39 happened because of Vince's legal issues. I, I think Rock's team said, bro, you, you don't want to be in this in bed with this guy right now because you don't know what's coming down the pike. But I think with what's going on with Vince right now, by the time by the time WrestleMania 40 comes along, th- there's going to be some kind of a verdict on Vince. He, he's either going to be out of the picture forever. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but I really I really believe that that that's why it didn't happen at WrestleMania 39. Vince had way too much stench on him and and rocks people. I guarantee you they were telling him now's not the time to get in bed with Vince McMahon. G guy, any more before I wrap it up? I mean, just last closing words here, just to kind of wrap it up and kind of encapsulate what we're talking about here. It seems like Vince is out of the picture now creatively. I mean, I, we mm-hmm. can only imagine. I don't know. He could be back tomorrow. We have no fucking clue. But it seems like <laughs> Triple H is running the show for the most part. It has its good parts. It has its negatives. Compared to Vince, I'll take Triple H's product any day, at least Vince of recent years, in my opinion, uh, of what we've been getting. That being said, though, for you, Vince, obviously coming from like the TV aspect of it and stuff like that, do you think, and this goes for every company, Triple H has the wrestling mind, so to speak. Do you think it would help when you have TV writers in, on that team? And not just strictly TV writers, because they might be, they might not know a thing about wrestling. Do you think you got to merge the two, and that's what's missing right now from WWE? I think there are a couple of things missing. First of all, bro, I am telling you this based on experience. Mm-hmm. Okay, whether you are active or whether you are retired, you cannot have one of the boys be head of creative, bro. You can't. I worked with Dusty. I worked with with, with Jeff Jarrett. I worked with Kevin Nash. I worked with a lot of people, bro, that were active wrestlers and, you know, on the booking committee or head of the booking committee. Bro, that does not work because at the end of the day, bro, even Shawn Michaels with NXT and Triple H, these guys are wrestlers at heart. Mm -hmm. So you got a couple of things going on, bro. First of all, you're going to find out that there's past baggage with some people on the roster. So they, they, they were competitive at one point, mm-hmm. and there's going to be some people on the roster that Triple H does not get along with and has an issue with them since, you know, 1995. That That is going to happen. And, bro, I got to tell you, this is the weirdest thing and, and hard to believe. But when I see guys like Triple H and uh, Shawn Michaels – Bring, keep bringing these NXT guys up into WWE that are never going to get over. I can look at these guys, bro, and I will tell you, they are never going to get over. Bro, there's that, there's that legacy where Triple H, this is, you know, my opinion, and, and I know the guy and I know the game, but do they really want to promote wrestlers? who could eventually have a bigger legacy than them. Yeah. Bro, there's a lot of that stuff going on when you've got wrestlers involved. That's why me and Ed were successful. There were no politics. 
These guys weren't our friends. Like, you know, I mean, we, th this is a business, bro. And, th and, and we wanted to get everybody over. But when now it's a wrestler who's head of creative, bro, you've got you you've got so many different things going on. And I, I think that's a big part of the issue. I got two more events before I let you go. Uh, first of all, thank you for coming on. We really appreciate it. Uh, I mean, you, you do know how stream you are works. So I, I need you to hang back for a little bit. Um, question one would be who was the, um, who was a, a very underrated person to work with that doesn't get a lot of talk about a lot of shine, um, during your time in, in, in the attitude era. I, um, I think someone like me would be probably like, like a gold dust is someone who never really gets talked about a lot as much as obviously rock stone cold mankind hunter who are some people male or female that should be talked about more that that, that you that, uh, that you work with i would definitely if i had to pick a male and i had to pick a female for the male i would definitely pick without a shadow of a doubt ken shamrock bro to this to this day ken shamrock was the what was the most believable wrestler i ever saw well, everything Ken Shamrock did, bro. You know how t today they get in the brawls and they're doing the egg beater bullshit. Yeah. Oh my god, bro! You <laughs> you believed everything everything Ken Shamrock did. He was hurting you. He was cut cut great promos, bro. He was so underrated. And bro, listen, nobody will ever give her give her her due, and they will shit on her till the freaking cows come home. Sable was huge, bro. Sable was huge. Sable during the Attitude Era was getting the second biggest pop in the company between Austin, without a shadow of a doubt. She was over huge and gets zero court credit. Why? Oh, she couldn't wrestle. Give me a freaking break. And I'll tell you who else was really underrated, bro, during that time. Because I, uh, on my... Uh, on my podcast, bro, I do an Attitude Era show every two weeks, so I'm constantly watching it. Mm -hmm. Bro, Mark Merrow was great. Mark Mark oh, yeah, Merrow yeah. was an absolutely great heel. He was so overshadowed by by his own wife, but my God, was he great and entertaining, man. My last one. I know you're very uh, you're big on collecting albums, mm. so I'm going to tie in albums and wrestling. If I ask you, Vince Russo has to curate an album, tracks of like your 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 greatest moments um, during the Attitude Era, writing, just being involved. You mentioned, um, I mean, obviously, I mentioned Survivor Series. I think um, the night with The Rock and Mankind, This Is Your Life, is going to be one of them. Um, what are other moments you would make as your Vince Russo Attitude Era album? God, bro, I swear, man, I, I like, I, I honestly like, don't, don't look at it that way. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, bro, the fact of the matter is, listen, you could say whatever you want about me. You could say my shows were great. You could say my shows sucked. You could say I didn't know what I was doing. You, you could say whatever you wanted to say. Here's the bottom line. Prior and to this day, bro, nobody worked harder than I did. P period. End of story, bro. The with ever there, I put a piece of me 
in every single one of these shows, bro. I took such great pride in these shows because my name was on them, bro. I left nothing on the table. I, you know, but you know, bro, when, when we were doing like the attitude era, and even when I was working for TNA and WCW, bro, we would start our pre-tapes at like eight o'clock in the morning Mm -hmm. and we would run our pre-tapes, bro, till one in the morning. We were constantly shooting and shooting and shooting and shooting and had so much content. And what do you get today, bro? You get backstage interviews with a with a, a an interviewer and a microphone. So you could say whatever you say, man, until you match my work ethic, until you had the pride I had in writing all these shows. That's it, bro. That's that's what I look at, man. I, I know at the end of the day I did the best I could. Well, on that note, Vince Russo, uh, we greatly appreciate your time spending over an hour to uh, celebrate the 25th anniversary of Survivor Series 98. As, as uh, G mentioned, many regard as the greatest or one of the greatest Survivor Series of all time. Uh, and just springboarded one of the, you know, one of the greatest of all time, The Rock. I mean, as a Vince, as a fan right now, you, you, you see The Rock being the biggest star in the world actor he's all over the place 20 million whatever 30 million followers on social media did you ever think the rock would be this big right now honestly i I can't honestly say i thought he was going to be this big i definitely knew he was going to be bigger than wrestling and i'll tell you why bro because in dealing with him bro he was smarter than everybody else he was just one step ahead of everybody else and bro listen In wrestling, a lot of those guys aren't the sharpest knife in the drawer, Mm -hmm. but Rock was an educated man, you know, got his degree from Miami, was always thinking, bro, and was just smarter than everybody else. And that's where I knew, like, he's going to go way, way beyond this. You can follow Vince Russo on social media, Twitter at the Vince Russo. Again, a former head writer for TNA, WCW, and the World Wrestling Federation. Um, find the podcast on Russo'sBrand.com. Uh, you can follow Graham Matthews on Twitter at WrestleRant. Again, writer for Bleacher Report and fan side at DDT. Myself, Randy J. Cruz, R-E-N-D-Y, letter J-C-R-U-Z. Again, to find the podcast on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, also Amazon Music, and YouTube.com slash Cruise Control Podcast. Uh, Vince, hang around for a bit, uh, but we definitely appreciate you coming on my, tonight. Thank you. Thanks, you guys, man. Thanks a lot for having me, man. Thanks for All coming right, man, on. Take it easy. All right.